they will say, what questions do you have for me? You need to be prepared for that moment. If you're finishing it off strong saying, I am interested, this whole interview process made me feel even stronger about this opportunity. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Gotta say, I had a couple really big honors this week that I want to celebrate quickly. I spoke at Arizona State University, which was super cool. I also spoke at Wilmington College in Ohio, which was another amazing session. But most importantly, this week I had the opportunity to interview members of the Hashtag Sports Creators of Color cohort. It's the first year that they've had this Creators of Color cohort, and it's celebrating content creators. You know, people that are making a difference creatively in the sports world who are minorities. And it was really, really amazing. Uh, I got to interview eight different people so far. We got in-depth. We asked some really difficult questions. We got to really tap into their perspective, what they are living through, what their experiences have been like, what they would do with the opportunity to, to really enforce change. I was inspired. I was really, really inspired. I'm kind of riding a high right now, so I'm just excited to hit record again because fun getting into these conversations, fun tackling important topics. So we're going to highlight a lot of these young creative creators of color over the coming weeks, and then we're going to do some amazing content surrounding this concept in in January. So please, please, please look forward to that and pay attention to all our social channels. Check in to our Twitter channel and our LinkedIn channel and our Instagram channel and all those avenues, our YouTube channel, because all those avenues are where we're going to share a lot of this really amazing content. Uh, another big hit. Okay. We brought back last week, we started highlighting three jobs on our show that are fresh on the work and sports job board that are important, that are opportunities that could be perfect for you. It was a big hit. I got a lot of people reaching out and saying, thank you for bringing that back. Thank you for talking about this again. Thank you for sharing. So I'm going to share three more because this is just going to be something we do because these are important employers in the sports industry pushing out important, good jobs that could be your perfect match. And I'm not going to highlight jobs from the New York Yankees. I'm going to highlight jobs that you may not have heard of or be uncovered before and know that all of these jobs exist on workinsports.com. We have I think close to 30,000 jobs right now. So there's a lot of opportunity out there, but you got to figure out what it is that works for you. So there's a way to introduce you to some of the opportunities that are out there. Number one, Capelli Sports. Now, if you're not familiar with Capelli Sports, they're looking for a soccer account manager. Capelli are a major U.S. manufacturer and distributor of sports, athletic, and apparel for women, men, and kids. Team sports apparel, that's their jam. Now, this job is focused on their sports book, right? I don't mean book as in betting. I mean their book of accounts. You're, as a soccer account manager, you're responsible for managing their book of business, consisting mostly of youth soccer clubs. So think about it. Youth soccer clubs need apparel, materials, all the gear that they need, and Capelli is a one-stop source for that. So in this role, there's day-to-day -day responsibilities for each account, but then you're building real strong relationships with your, with your clients ensuring that projects stay on track and customer orders are written with urgency. So most importantly, if you love soccer, if you're interested in the apparel game, if youth sports are interesting to you, merchandising, sales, customer service, this is a great gig for you. Check it out. Capelli Sports, soccer account manager. Job number two, New York Empire Baseball. Okay, this is cool. I didn't know New York Empire Baseball. I wasn't familiar with them, but I did a little reading before I started doing this. And they are a 
unique and special place to coach, instruct, train, and play. So you hear New York Empire Baseball and you're like, oh, they're a minor league team. They're an independent league team. Actually, they're more of a youth sports organization who is coaching, instructing, training, and developing. And they're looking for a coach and instructor. I mean, come on. If you're into baseball and you want to help the next generation grow and learn, what a great opportunity. Now, they are saying, listen, we want people with a strong understanding and passion for baseball. Okay, check. A genuine passion for an experience in instruction, training, and development. Check, 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 right? Like exceptional ability to communicate positively with young athletes. Great. Positive environment. All right. So this is one of those jobs that is really connected to the sports industry where, you know, a lot of times we say, oh, you know, I want to stay in the game. Maybe you were a college player. Maybe you're just really passionate about baseball. I want to stay in the game. There's a great opportunity to. There's a great opportunity to continue coaching and instructing and growing and working in youth development. So check that one out. New York Empire Baseball Coach and Instructor. Final job. Third job today. World Lacrosse. World Lacrosse. They're looking for a chief of brand and communications. Now, they're in Colorado, but they're also willing to take on people who work, want to work remote, which is great. Okay. We're in a remote world now in a lot of ways. And the fact that they're opening that up to a broader audience is pretty cool. So I didn't know a ton about World Across either. I mean, again, you're always learning about these new opportunities in new places. But World Across is the international governing body for men's and women lacrosse. So that makes sense. Colorado Springs is a house where the USOC is. And there's a lot of different governing bodies for sports and, and gaming there. So it makes sense. They're responsible for the governance and integrity of all forms of lacrosse and providing responsive and effective leadership to support the sports development throughout the world. Now, that's key. Lacrosse is one of those sports that's on the uptick. So I think it's a massive growth opportunity. Getting in with a brand like this that's growing, what an opportunity, right? And they're looking for a chief of brand and communications, which means you're reporting directly to the CEO of World Lacrosse. You're a high-level position, but... Just knowing this exists, there might be other opportunities out there too. It's one you might want to keep on your radar if you're passionate about lacrosse. They had a certain bullet point in here that just stood out to me, and I'm going to leave you with this. Their bullet point for something they're looking for, they said, build the world lacrosse brand identity and serve as its guardian. I like that. I feel like a superhero now, right? You want to go work for them and guard the brand identity of world lacrosse. Then you're at a bar sometime, you're talking to somebody, oh, what do you do? Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm the... Guardian, the brand identity for World Across. What do you do? <laughs> it sounds cool, right? I mean, go with that. All right, those are the three jobs for this week. Now let's get into today's question. The sports career question comes in today from Janice in Illinois. Hey, Brian, I love your podcast. I'm getting so much better at interviewing and networking because of it. But I have to admit, when asked, what questions do you have for me at the end of my last two interviews, I froze. I didn't get either job, and I really think I messed up this last impression. Can you help? I need ideas of what to ask and a way not to forget after a long interview. Okay, Janice, this is a great question. I do a lot of these sessions, and I work with a lot of college-age students, getting them prepared for interviewing and things of that nature. And this is one of those areas we stress a lot because, as you said, that is the last impression you leave with somebody. Every interview you ever have for an intern internship or for a job throughout the rest of your life, you will have them ask questions, and at the end, they are going to say, I guarantee it, stamp it, make sure you understand this is going to happen. They will say, what questions do you have for me? You need to be prepared for that moment. You need to think ahead in what that is. 
What questions are you going to ask? And it cannot be, let's start out with what it cannot be. It cannot be, can you tell me more about uh, the salary? Can you tell me more about the negotiation, the uh, benefits package? Can you tell me more about how many vacation days I get? Can you tell me this? Can you tell me that about the specific like benefits of the role? Those will come up in time. You will have those conversations. But in any first interview, it has to be a lot more curious than that about the organization, the role, and the impact you can make at this place. So it is absolutely understandable that you can be in a interview with somebody and you could pour your heart out for 45 minutes. You can tell great stories. You can answer all their questions. You can be rocking it. And then they can say to you, what questions do you have for me? And you're like mentally exhausted. You can't think of anything. You don't know what to say. And you go, eh, I don't know. I think I'm good. Wrong lasting impression, but understandable. So we're going to give a little strategy for you. Most interviews nowadays are on your computer, right? They aren't bringing you in face-to-face until much later in the process. So I'm not just even saying a COVID thing. I'm saying most of the time, most employers start out with video or phone interviews or something of that nature. Take sticky notes and put them on the outside ridge of your laptop. Out of view of the webcam, they don't know you're doing it. But then you can put little notes or bullet points for yourself of questions you want to ask. Just enough to trigger your memory. Not that you need a full written out statement, enough to trigger your memory so you can jump into it. Enough to say, okay, yep, I remember now. That's what I wanted to ask. Put down seven to 10 around the outside of your computer. You're not going to ask all seven to 10. You might get three or four out, but some of them may get handled during the interview process. They may tell you these things and you're like, okay, I'm not going to ask that one, right? But if you put them around the outside of your screen on little sticky notes, they won't know. And you can quickly break eye contact, look at it, and then come right back to camera and ask the question. And if you do that, you're going to seem so in control of this moment. And that's going to leave a very professional, on top of things impression. And that's what we're looking for. It is important what you ask, but it's also important just your delivery in doing it. If you hem and haw and stall and you're like, oh, I don't know. I did have some questions, but now I can't remember. What were those questions I had again? It's just not a good vibe, even if you eventually come out with a good question. So now let's get into what questions to ask. Now, I have five that I'm going to give you. You need to put these in your own words and you need to customize them. Make them feel natural, but still get at the same point. You're trying to give off a really good brand impression. So how about this one? In your opinion, what does success look like in this role? How will you quantify my performance? You're sending a message to them that, yes, I want this information. I want to know how you're going to evaluate me. But you're saying, that's the bar I want to reach. I want to be successful. I want to be really good at this. And I want to hit the target. But I can only know what the target is if you let me know what I'm shooting for. So getting that layer of transparency in there and saying like, tell me what success looks like because I want to be there, that is a great message. And they should be able to come back with tangible things that you are going to do that they're expecting that they want to see happen. It's a great question to start out with. Another one, number two, in what ways did the person who previously had this role succeed and in what ways did they fail? Okay, again, you're sending out a message to them. Why was the last person really good and they maybe moved on or moved up? I want to make sure I hit that level. But 
Where weren't they as strong and where would you like to see this role improve? Where can this get better for you essentially? Because you as a manager may be looking at it and saying, hey, there were certain things we did not get out of this job through the last person. And you're not calling out the other person. You're just trying to figure out how to do the role better. You're setting the stage from day one that I want to be better, at least as good as them on certain things and better in other things. Another great message. And you should walk out of this with a game plan. You can write these things down and be like, all right, this is, these are the kind of things that I either, if I'm not good, if I'm good at them, I can have some confidence. I can go into this job and be like ready to hit the ground running. But if I'm not good at them, I can actually put a little bit of time into getting myself up to speed and knowing it's important and worthy and my boss values it, the person I'll be reporting to. Really powerful, okay? This is one that's really for you. The first two were more about setting a message, but also getting some information. You're getting information, but you're also sending them a message. This one's for you. How much emphasis do you put on the overall culture of the business? Last week's podcast, we taught a lot, talked a lot about discovering company culture as you're in the process. You don't want to start at a company, be there working for a little bit and be like, this is a terrible environment. I don't like being here. So you want to use this follow-up question time to drill into their company culture a little bit. You want to know how much they invest in professional development, mental health days, et cetera. Like literally, I'm going to tell you a quick story. The company that I work for, workinsports.com, okay? We were acquired back in March. March? April, somewhere in there, okay, by iHire. iHire is an amazing company. This transition's gone extremely well. Our business has improved. It's great. I could not be happier, but I'm not even saying that to kiss up. I'm saying this because earlier this week, I literally got an email from our chief people officer. Everybody in the company did saying, hey, everybody's going to get Friday off. We're shutting down the whole place. Shut it down. 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 Now. We want a mental health day for everyone. Just don't, don't be here. Take the day off. And they said, we're giving all of you a free membership to Headspace. If you've heard of Headspace, it's a meditation app that you can use. They're buying it for everybody in the company. That to me is investing in culture and their people. And that makes me feel more loyal and committed. So by you asking these questions in the interview process and saying, how much emphasis do you put on culture at your business, developing the people, caring about them? If they can't answer that, like I just did with passion and excitement and real sense of loyalty, that's a big red flag. And you should walk out of that saying, maybe this isn't somewhere I want to be. You're vetting them as much as they're vetting you. So in this discovery process of interviewing, Don't feel like you're just going to do whatever they say. You have to inquire and make sure it is the right place for you as well. And this question will help you get to the bottom of that. If they can't answer this with passion and excitement and enthusiasm about how their company values their employees, huge red flag. Okay. Number four, what's the most important thing that can be accomplished in the first 90 days in this role? Okay. This is very tactical, but... Most companies evaluate new hires and their impact they can make in the first 90 days, the first three months. You go into it thinking, I bring this person in, I'm going to, the first month is them just figuring things out. The second month, they're going to start to get up to speed. The third month, I expect to see them contributing and really making their voice heard, their contribution known. That's kind of the rhythm of hiring. So if you're asking them in a specific term, like, what do you want to see at the end of 90 days? Like, what is that metric you're looking for? What are those major accomplishments that I can be focusing in on and making sure that I start to nail and get comfortable with? 
again, you're sending a very mature message to them saying, this is how I want to approach this opportunity. This is how I want to go about it. I want to make sure I'm hitting those metrics that matter. Now, you may be thinking that some of these questions are redundant, and they are a little bit. There's still different little nuances in there, but I'm giving you these layers to make sure you understand what you're trying to get across. The theme that you're trying to get across is that you want to understand what success looks like in this role and how you can be that person. I'm giving you multiple options so you can figure out your comfort zone and asking them. You may not get five questions that you get to ask. You may get to ask two and it may be up on time. So I'm making sure that I emphasize to you how important it is to get to questions of culture and impact. How can you impact the business? Okay. In an interview process, you'll have that face-to-face with your hiring manager, and you maybe will have some cross-functional panels that have other people from other groups, but you may also interview with a really a higher-level person, the, your boss's boss. If you are to do that, then you want to ask a boss-level question. Like a boss. Meaning, how can I make things easier on my boss so that they can better help you? You're talking to uh, not your boss, the person, not, not the person you report to, you're talking to their boss. So you're saying, hey, what can I do to free this person up? What can I do to help this person so they can better help you? So that is, again, looking at it and saying, I want to help this whole system, this whole process, this whole team work as efficiently as possible. And I see, I want to know the ways I can help my boss so they can be freed up to do their job to the best of their ability. That's a boss move. Final one, you always have to ask this. It is your responsibility to ask this. The number one thing I have people say to me when in regards to this topic is, well, should I ask like what next steps are or what to expect next? Yes, 100%. You should be asking questions at the end about what can I expect to happen next? When do you expect to be making a decision? What, do you, what other things do you need from me in order to make a decision? Is there anything else I can provide to you? Do you want a portfolio? Do you want any other personal branding stuff? Do you want any other work that I can do? Anything of that nature. Finish strong with saying, what is the next step in this process? And when do you expect to make a decision? That is within your right to know. And it is a good question to ask because it shows that you are still interested in this process. You are saying at the end of it, like, I really enjoyed this process. I'm more excited about this role than ever. What are the next steps? And when do you expect to make a decision? Boom. 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 Boss move. You're finishing it off strong saying, I am interested. This moment, just this whole interview process made me feel even stronger about this opportunity. What's next? I'm ready to go. Showing a little bit of enthusiasm, leaving on a high note, really wanting to know what happens next, I think is a boss move. It is a way to finish strong and will really bring it home. So here's the key. Janice, I had to look back on my screen to remember who I was talking to. I apologize, Janice. I love you. You're great. You're amazing. I'm glad you asked this question. Next time, record it and send it to me because I want to highlight all of you, but that's a whole other subject. Use the sticky note technique because if you're having trouble remembering what question to ask, use that low-tech technique. It will help you. And focus in on these type of questions that show who you want to be in this role and then also get to the point of who they are and then follow up and make sure you have next steps nailed. If you do this, you are seriously going to be in really good position. So thank you for listening, everybody. Coming up on Wednesday, Sam Dore is back on the show. Sam Dore is now the chief strategy officer for the Florida Panthers. When I initially interviewed in one of our most popular podcasts ever, he was the VP of sales and marketing for Phoenix Rising in the USL, the United Soccer League. And he was amazing. And now he's back as the chief strategy officer of the Florida Panthers. So that's coming up on Wednesday. Make sure you tune in because Sam is awesome. 
Thanks for listening, everybody. I appreciate every single one of you.